Anyone can listen to teachings on emptiness. According to Buddha, there are some people who have particular conditions that make them especially suitable to hear teachings on emptiness. Maybe you're one of these. These conditions are explained by Chandrakirti in his Guide to the Middle Way, where he says, Even while an ordinary being, if on hearing of emptiness, great joy arises within again and again, the eyes moistened with tears of great joy, and the hairs of the body stand on end. Such a person has the seed of the mind of a complete Buddha. He is a vessel for teaching on thatness, emptiness. An ultimate truth should be taught to him or her. So it's said that these are the internal and external signs which show that for that person their potentiality to realize emptiness is about to ripen. So in general, we can say all living beings possess this potential to realize emptiness because they have the seed of Buddhahood. But it is only when this seed becomes active and powerful that they become ideal recipients for teachings on emptiness. Maybe we are thinking we are not yet one of these people and so we may feel that we cannot understand emptiness fully. Jasankarpa said that even though we might not yet be the ideal recipient Chandrakirti describes, if we have a good motivation and we have great faith, it is definitely beneficial for us to listen to teachings on emptiness. So, there is no problem. Everyone listening to these instructions will receive benefit, even if the meaning may not be easy to understand. In Guide to the Bodhisattva's Way of Life, Shantideva says, When examined in this way, who lives in this world? And who is it who will die? What will happen in the future? And what happened in the past? Who are our friends? And who are our relatives? I beseech you who are just like me, please strive to realize that all phenomena are empty like space. So what does Shantideva mean by saying this? When we search with our wisdom for our body that we normally see, there is no body. We cannot find it. The individual parts of the body are not our body because they are parts of the body and not the body itself. Also, the collection of these parts is not our body, because it is a collection of things that are not the body. And there is no body other than its parts, because when all the parts disappear, our body also disappears. So there is no body to be found anywhere. It is very clear that the body that we normally see does not exist at all. However, our body does exist. 
How does it exist? It exists as mere name. This mere name is empty like space. So the real body is empty like space, not solid. As Shantideva says, please strive to realize that all things are empty like space. The mere name body, which is the body itself, is the conventional truth of the body. And the mere appearance, sorry, the mere absence of the body that we normally see, which is the emptiness of the body, is the ultimate truth of the body. These two truths are inseparably one nature. This is called the union of the two truths. So the body and the emptiness of the body are inseparably one nature. The body is not other than its emptiness. We should know that all other things exist in the same way, such as ourselves, our car, our house and so forth. So this is just a brief explanation of emptiness. We can also understand emptiness by using the special reasoning known as the reasoning of dependent relationship, which Jesongarpa called the king of reasonings. For example, a dependent related thing is something that is established or existing in dependence upon its parts. This way of existing is true of everything that exists. <coughs> For example, a car exists entirely in dependence upon the parts of the car. Our body exists entirely in dependence upon its parts, and so forth. However, this is only their general mode of dependent relationship. There are also both grosser and subtler levels of dependent relationship. The gross way is called existing independence upon causes and conditions. And this mode of dependent relationship applies only to impermanent things, such as cars, tables, bodies and so forth. So I understand this is quite detailed, so if you're beginning to switch off, can't take it, and don't forget this explanation you can find in uh, Chapter 6 of Ocean of Nectar, Venerable Geshe-la's commentary to Chandrakirti's Guide to the Middle Way. So you can find, if you, if you want to have a little nap right now. So, just a few minutes. <laughs> so the, the gross way is called existing independence upon causes and conditions. And this mode of dependent relationship applies only to impermanent things, such as cars, tables and bodies. It doesn't apply to permanent things like emptiness and unproduced space. And it is said to be gross because it's something that is relatively easy to understand. For example, we know that the car depends for its existence upon the parts of the car. Because if the parts were removed, the car would disappear. The car depending upon its parts is a gross dependent relationship. And this is relatively easy for everyone to understand. The subtle form of dependent relationship is existence independence upon imputation by a conceptual mind. 
This mode of existence belongs to all phenomena, but it is very subtle and difficult to understand. For example, if a magician were to create an illusion of a woman, even though she's not a real woman, but just an illusion, a mere appearance to mind, she nevertheless appears to be a real woman to both the magician and to the spectators of the show. In exactly the same way, all phenomena, such as our body and so forth, have no existence from their own side. They exist just like illusions. But because of our self-grasping ignorance, our body and all other phenomena appear to us as if they do exist independently or objectively from their own side. It is in this way that we can say everything is like a dream, like an illusion, or like a reflection in a mirror. The magician's illusions are in fact manifested by him. And in a similar way, all things such as visual forms are manifested by their own particular causes and conditions. Both the magician's illusions and things such as visual forms like our bodies <coughs> are not created from their own side. They appear in dependence upon various causes and conditions being assembled. If any of these causes or conditions were missing, things could not appear, they could not exist. If things did exist from their own side, objectively, independently, then it would follow that when they were produced, they would have to come from somewhere else. And when they perished, they would have to go elsewhere. But we can all see directly that when something is produced, it does not come from anywhere else. When it perishes, <coughs> it does not go to any other place. For example, we can all see directly that a sprout is produced from a seed. Without the seed, it is impossible for there to be a sprout. The sprout is solely a product of its causes and conditions. It has no true independent existence of its own. In this way we can say, it is like a reflection in a mirror. It merely appears through the force of other conditions. So to summarize, all things are produced from their individual causes and conditions. They are merely imputed upon the collection of their parts. They have no true, inherent or independent existence. They exist just like illusions and like the things we see in dreams as mere appearances to or of our mind. <coughs>